Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. As we come to the end of yet another football season, albeit probably the most bizarre season of all time, I thought I'd bring you something a little bit different here. This is a beautiful podcast about football and the love for football and the romance about football and it not being just about a club. Loving football purely for the game and for all the things that are around it. This is a fantastic conversation with a great comedian, Ger Staunton. Stories that have taken him around the world and ended up in him being the president of the supporters club of Circle Bruges. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Football Pony. If it's Spanish, Italian, whatever, I would watch any yeah. game of football. I just, I love watching football. So if there's an English game on, I will watch it and I'd probably be up for the team that has the most Irish players in it. So uh, yesterday... Well, I, do re- I do remember we were watching the, it was the the League Cup, the amazing 5-all um game between Arsenal and Liverpool where yeah. we lost on penalties but you were going for for when I went to the penalty shootout you were going for the Irish goalkeeper as opposed to Arsenal winning yeah I switched depending on like if when Arsenal were playing <laughs> Man United even when I was a kid and supporting Arsenal if they lost to Man United it was obviously devastating but if Roy Keane or John O'Shea scored or played well then I was happy so right. I, I'm always up for the team that has the most Irish players in it so yesterday I watched Sheffield United and because they've got McGoldrick and uh, yeah. Iman Stevens, the left back, so or Egan. Um, so any any team with Irish interest is the one that I is the one that you're going to follow no matter what. So you were saying to me earlier on that you've been following Arsenal since the age of six, which I think you're a little bit older than me. So who were your star? Who were your star players at the time? Who was the? Because for me it was Ian Wright. I was hooked on Ian Wright. Everything that he did, I wanted to I be black, been, the whole thing. I would have been one generation before Ian Wright yeah. when I started. So I would have been there supporting... Alan Smith? Alan Smith. David Rocastle was my first football oh, hero. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, he's Ian Wright's hero. Yeah, God rest his soul. Passed yeah, away a few yeah. years ago. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, was, he was brilliant, but he was just one of these cool, cool men to look at. Yes. I just thought yes. he, was, he was iconic. And he's he was my first... He was beautiful, yeah. And he wore number seven. I always said yes. it shine to the number seven. Yeah. And uh, I just loved him. That You had Paul Davis, Anders Limpar. Um, oh, I, yeah. I probably just missed out on the Charlie Nicholas phase. He would have been... Right. My older brothers would have watched Charlie Nicholas. Yeah. I was... Yeah, Alan Smith, Dave Rowcastle, Kevin Campbell, Paul Merson. 
they would have been my team. The George Graham era. Um, basically, my, my childhood was nil all draws. <laughs> once they started scoring, so then true. I bowed out. Yeah, I bowed out once <laughs> no, the success came. This is too much for my heart rate. I can't take I, it. I was once. only there for the hardship. I, I get off on that hardship. <laughs> once success came calling, I was out of there. Was Arsenal in your family following Arsenal or how did you become an Arsenal fan? My older brother supported Arsenal. So it was basically whatever team that I had access to posters of. So if there was a few posters going around, like that's the thing with Irish people supporting English teams, it can be the tiniest thing that makes you support them. You had Mm. an uncle who liked Chelsea, therefore Mm. you like Chelsea. Somebody gives you... Uh, a Man United bed cover yes. therefore you support Man United you know it's all it's different when you're over there like it's yeah, whatever you're, stadium you're born yeah, beside exactly, exactly and it's the same if you supported a League of Ireland team here it's whatever stadium you're born beside but when it comes to a team overseas it's often oh I went on holiday there when I was a kid and therefore I now support them yeah. so it's always frivolous which is funny because it starts off really frivolous but then when you're 40 and in the pub, you're shouting about yeah. them like they're yeah, your it's true. brother. Yeah. It's true. It's I supported true. them all in my life. Yeah, because you yeah. had a bed cover. Well, that's, literally, the, that's literally what happened with my dad and his three brothers back in, I think it was the 60s, possibly 70s. But uh, my grandfather in Cork, there was a deal going on with SO Garage that you got tokens uh, every time you used SO Garage and then after a certain amount of tokens you would get a free football mug and right. he would deliver the mugs to each of the sons when he came home so the eldest is a Chelsea fan my dad is Leeds uh, his younger brother is Liverpool and the youngest is Everton and that's purely based on mugs <laughs> and to this day they all follow them hardcore Like well, that's it Like you don't keep that frivolous attitude towards it as you get older if anything it just becomes more ingrained and <laughs> people are shouting in the pub like liverpool are in my blood and you're like no nah, yeah. you just got a doll of john barnes when you were a kid I like know, it's amazing. the ultimate warrior was one of my favorite men <laughs> ah, yes but i still i don't go around dressed as the ultimate war- well not on a <laughs> sunday but i don't go around <laughs> dressed as the ultimate warrior but yet, yeah you know people dress up as their heroes from when they were six but i mean I'd never begrudge it. Like, I, I don't really follow Arsenal or the English football much anymore, but I'd never begrudge anybody because it's like, if it's on your TV all the time, it's like yeah. lads in a pub watching a horse race. Mm. Everyone picks one. Yes. Because it keeps life interesting. If you all yes. pick a horse, you all end up having a bit of crack yeah. and watching it, see who wins yeah. and who loses. So yeah. it's completely understandable. I think it's nice to follow something that you don't have any control over and yeah. your mates can... And you feel you know, part of something. You do, yeah. It's a clan yeah. thing as well. And yeah, yeah. You're, you're, if you meet somebody who supports the same team as you, you're instantly going to get on with them. You know, you, yeah, you start totally. talking about football and, and you're in. That's why I love going away to Irish matches. This is when I stopped supporting uh, Arsenal. I just started following the Irish team because that's like a family. That's like a clan yes. mentality. When you go yeah. away, anybody wearing green, you, you don't say hello. You just go straight into conversation. Yeah, okay. uh, whether you're right. standing beside them at a bus stop or in a campsite or in, outside the stadium everybody is together and there's no introductions needed once everyone is wearing the same scarf so I, you know I like that I think uh, I think life would be a bit more boring without it I never went on uh, an Ireland Republic of Ireland away football game but I hear that I like that they're absolutely amazing experiences they are you've got a different type of fan I think and this isn't sort of um you know, 
trying to say anything bad about home fans, but there is a comfort in going to a match in your own mm. city or your own country because, you know, you can you can leave work at four o'clock, go to the stadium and watch the game and go home again after. It's not a big commitment. So if you go to a match in Macedonia, Slovakia, yes. there's a commitment there. So already you're dealing with a different type of mentality. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's, there's something missing in the person. Where did, wh- where did you? So did you go to Slovakia and Macedonia and places like that? All of them, yeah, everywhere. Wow. So for the for the 2012 World Cup, I went to all the uh, home and away matches qualifying, and for the um, sorry, the European Cup 2012, the Euro Championships, and then for the World Cup qualifiers, you know, the one where Henri. Handled yes. it at the end. Yeah. I went to all of those home and away. So I was right. there actually in the stadium. That was in the a great era. That, that particular one was amazing. That era. Yeah. Yeah. There was, yeah. we, we kind of knew that that was the last bit. There was a lot of us, at, uh, you know, at my age, and we were like, oh, I think we're kind of squeezing the last bit of crack out of this now. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We, so we went to the Euros in 2012. We rented a camper van, drove around Poland, and right. We kind of knew that that was our last hurrah. Like when I went yeah. to the European Championships then in, when did we qualify? 2016, was it? Yeah. In France. I flew over and back to matches. I wasn't going to do a camper you van. there. Yeah. Went to a game, came back, spent a few days in Ireland and then went back over for another game because I think we knew um, we we're getting a bit too long in the tooth for like having a beer for breakfast. <laughs> what, what kind of individual is the kind of individual that are they all like you at the time were you a single at the time what were the kind of fans that were there were they family men that were just getting away from it that was their thing to get away or yeah there was a lot of that it it was a bit like um the end of a wedding but all the time (laughs) (laughs) you know like half three in the morning where the 17 year old barman gives you a wink and you know you're in safe hands for another two three hours it's that but four days right okay so yeah. there's mischief in everybody's eyes everyone uh, is are you just talking like, football the whole time or just no actually back? the football was the worst part because we were so <laughs> shit <laughs> yeah. i'm telling you like we were having such crack in poland every day and you were dreading game day you'd wake up in the morning you'd be like oh no we have to play spain it's like, like going just, to work <laughs> <laughs> oh spain are going to hammer us you, every other day was great crack and the worst part was the 90 minutes of the match that like it, but if you're at home that's the only bit you care about you turn on your yes, tv for the 90 minutes when you're over there we were like oh if only we didn't have to play spain today everything would be sorted because you're just <laughs> living at a campsite and having the crack and yeah. football it that's that's why I like football because everything outside of football combined is far more important than the actual game. I I'm not mm. I don't, I don't like you know the multi-millionaire footballers playing at the top level with like no uh, consideration or care for the club that they're playing with or any of that. I I like everything around football. I like the fact that it stops twelve-year-olds from smoking cigarettes. Yeah. I like the fact that it creates bonds between. Uh, fathers and sons and fathers and daughters I like the fact that it creates family like scenarios for people who support the same team and Mm. there's so many things outside of the game that I like more than the actual game I would Mm. watch a full match without even thinking to look to the top corner to see the score so like my dad would ring me be like what are you up to like I'm watching the Madrid game what's the score and I'd be like oh shit I never even looked and then yeah. I'd look at the score. I, I don't I don't really care who wins. So you're That's just watching so you're just watching the game and you're appreciating the game 
Yeah, I honestly never care who wins a match. Like the only reason I like Ireland winning is because it means we get to go again. Every <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every time yeah. they win, we get. To, and that was, you know, that was the hardest thing about the the Thierry Henry handball. Everybody talks about, oh, he cheated and whatever. That, mm. We weren't worried. The people in the stadium weren't worried that he cheated. Like Damien Duff dived for a penalty against Spain, and nobody gives mm. a shit. Mm. The fact that he cheated never bothered anyone in the stadium. The worst part of it was every game we went to in the qualifying campaign for that. And some of it wasn't all crack. Some of it was like flying somewhere without a hotel, sleeping in the airport on a bench, flying back the following morning after the match. And after every game, it doesn't matter if we lost or if we drew, we knew that there was another match. We could make it better. We can still qualify because there's another match. So you draw with Macedonia and you go, that's all right. We're going to Slovakia in two weeks. We might get some points there. There was always hope. The problem with the Henri handball goal was we knew that that was the end. And it took me so long to get off my seat in the Stade France because I knew once my ass lifted off that seat, it was oh, over. God, right. It, wow. was, it was very sad. My brother was the same. I was sitting there going, I don't want to leave. And he was like, I'm the same. I don't want to leave because there was no other game to make it right. That was it over. We weren't qualifying. We were going to watch this on TV without Ireland being in it. And it was only going to end once we left that stadium. So nobody wanted to leave the stadium. So it's all the things. So when you're even watching a football game, um, are, you, are you a lover? Because that, like, that is pure romance about the game and everything around the game. And I think that's fantastic and actually it's a kind of a pity people don't talk a bit more about that you know but when you're watching the beautiful game is there a type of game that you like is there types of football like I would have always been into a style of football or not necessarily one style but I appreciate somebody who's amazing at their craft or a team that is good at their craft or or is it to you just the that doesn't even matter either. Is it like, it's just about the togetherness of the fans? And stuff no, like, I do the like the game. I, I really like the game and the technique. Like my dad was a football coach all his life. Um, and he always, he was ahead of his time. People in Casabar call him the, the Pep Guardiola of Casabar. <laughs> because he never cared about the score and he never right. cared about whether uh, a team of technically good 12 year old kids get hammered by big tall overdeveloped 12 year old kids he doesn't yeah. care if they lose 10 nil as long as their first touch is good and they turn right. and they look up and they play a simple pass he always encouraged people to play two touch you control it and you pass it you control it and you pass it and you don't take too much out of the ball and he, he, he was always of the opinion that so many players quit the game at the age of 12, 13, 14, before they've even got a chance to develop because you've got overdeveloped players coming in and managers wanting their under-12 team to win a cup for some reason. Yeah. He never thought that there should be, uh, that there should be uh, tables kept, even scores kept, right, okay. results documented. That's yeah. not important. What's important is trying to get the kid as good as they can be at football before they decide whether they want to quit or not. Because the likes of... David Silva, if he was playing in the Mayo League, he'd have quit by the age of 12 because he'd yeah. have big lads pushing him over with hair on their legs from the age of four. And he'd never have got the chance to show that he can develop into a player who can compete without jumping for headers every 10 minutes. Mm. And, and it was always about trying to get each player as good as they can be before they decide whether they should 
keep going or go into tennis or go into basketball or whatever it is mm. they want. But the shame was that so many players quit. And that that's what I like about watching it. I love watching the likes of Ozil for Arsenal because I really don't think Ozil gives a shit about the scoreline. I don't yeah. think he cares about the scoreline. He's only thinking about when the ball comes to him, what he's going to do with it next. And it's mm. probably going to be something creative because mm. if you told him you can win every game 1-0, but your job is to keep passing it back to the keeper, he'd probably say, no, I, I don't mm. really want it. Yeah. And I, yeah. I like that. I like the players and the teams who play without caution. That's why when I was watching Arsenal last week and I was hearing the commentators like with their hearts in their mouths as Arsenal passed it around in front of their own goal, I loved that. I love yeah, just yeah, yeah. seeing the team go, yeah, we might concede. This is how we play. I like Bruno yes. Fernandes, who plays for Man United. Mm. I heard him in an interview last week saying, I will give the ball away. I will hit passes that the opposition intercept. But that's how I play. And that's yeah. why I end up creating goals, because that's how I play. I prefer that. So I, I really don't know how I survived the George Graham era, to be honest, or the Trapatoni, <laughs> yeah. or the yeah. Jack Charlton. Yeah, yeah. Well, that yeah, that because that's in complete yeah the complete opposite. Those managers are complete opposite to to what to what you're describing there. Because you're, I I agree with the Ozil situation. I quite often watch him and think he just cares about how it feels to kick the ball that way at yeah. this moment. I can see that sometimes he's just like, hmm, I wonder can I make it do this? And it's it, kind of sometimes irrelevant to the game, but it's just and it it really frustrates the 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 result fans. Like there are yeah. fans who just want results, which is fair as well. I mean, people yeah. have to go to work the following morning and get teased over their team losing. Yeah, yeah. And um, and if you're a results fan, like you're gonna you're gonna hate him. But I I'm a football fan. I love seeing him play. I love seeing him try to take it around the keeper when he doesn't have to. You know, mm. I I I'd ra- I'd rather even I I probably frustrate all my mates when I'm playing five aside because. I would just try stupid things and they'd be like, why'd you do that for me? Like, because it doesn't matter. That's why. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it, it's, none of it matters. Have the crack. Yeah. I played with you. You're a lovely footballer. Uh, it was, it was, it was great to play five side that time. But yeah, I get what you mean. I remember my mother who's uh, uh, like never played football, but growing up in Argentina is just part of the culture. But I remember her say like, cause I grew up playing predominantly schoolboy in Cork and then into Dublin. But it was so like, you know, about running faster, harder, tackling, all that kind of stuff. And she always always say to me, You just play with the ball. You just you just play with the ball. Yeah. And I would drive certain managers up the walls because, yeah. you know, you'll score one or have a great assist or whatever like that. But um I'm not but That's all right not, if you're good. Yeah, that, yeah. I, I was I was in the worst case scenario because <laughs> I was I was small and weak, smaller and weaker. And and I wasn't I wasn't good. I was an unused sub. Like from the age of ten to sixteen, that we and had your a manager. Dad was the manager was he? No, he wasn't my manager. I thought no, it was very harsh. <laughs> he wouldn't have played me either. He would have been right. But <laughs> we had a manager who just wanted to collect trophies. It didn't matter at what age level. So he had eleven good players with hair on their legs from the age of ten, and he played them week in, week out, and they mm. won everything in Castlebar. Mm. I was on the bench. I wouldn't have made any difference if I'd come on anyway. I'd have just been pushed over into a puddle. But still, mm. it. I, I'm surprised that I sat there every week with clean boots, yeah. hoping for a run out. And then it, I did. I, yeah. I I remember the first few seasons of my footballing career. That's all. That's what I did. I was on. The, my mom and dad were like gobsmacked that I used to keep going. But like for a good 
good two seasons I, I was on the bench standing behind the manager because the rain was fucking so I needed some yeah. shelter can I'm I get like, on now no can I get on now no. yeah yeah I used to nag him non-stop same as that he'd be, he'd be like oh, wait till we go a couple of goals up here because he knew I'd concede <laughs> so it'd be like 7-0 to us and he'd be yeah. like oh, I can't risk it here. I can't risk it <laughs> <laughs> which is fair I'd come on and we lose 8-7 Speaking of the beautiful game, and I know you like you're not uh, following following Arsenal anymore, but you do you you are keeping an eye. How do you feel Mikel Arteta's doing? I actually really like what he's doing. It's kind of buying into what we were saying a few minutes ago yeah. that he's thinking long term. He's trying to mm. develop something. He has a plan. Mm. And even when I was very impressed with how David Luiz spoke after the last match yes, after the that city was a really game, really impressive interview. I thought, yeah, really he's really insightful guy. Like he gets a lot of hassle, but I I like him. I like the way he mm. speaks about football, and he's pretty honest. Mm. And uh, he will admit when he makes mistakes. Well, he kind of has to at this stage. But yeah. he uh, <laughs> he was saying we're not there. We we know what we're supposed to do, um, and we need to find ways of winning while we develop. Mm. So it's it's far from there, but. I really, I really like the way he's playing. I think what the likes of Arteta is doing is something that, if given the time and the money and the patience from the fans, it's something that will be in place 10 years from now. It's mm. kind of like what Arsene Wenger did. It's a mentality shift. It's a culture. It is, and it's not something that will please the results fans straight away. But 10 years down the line, I think you'll still be seeing the benefits. If, if he's let do it for long enough, you will see the mm. benefits of what he's doing now. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I've been super kind of, I, I think a lot of Arsenal fans get, get a lot of stick and they, you know, like Liverpool, my cousins are scousers. So they're like, they're, my uncle's been season ticket holder at Anfield for years and they're constantly giving me stick going that you was a shy, you was a shy. And I was like, yeah, we're not doing well on the table at all, but I actually don't care. Because yeah. I'm enjoying they I'm enjoying watching Bakayo Saka and Eddie and Ketia coming through and these young lads who've come through the academy and Joe Willock and all these kids are coming through and playing beautiful football and and to get the results that we did last week as well, to beat Liverpool, to beat Manchester City, and Arteta's attitude, you know, I love all that. I think it's so positive. Yeah, I hope he is given the time and patience because mm. it is pretty cutthroat. I mean you're only two losses from your rivals away from the fans getting onto the board and the press, the, the press getting yeah. onto uh, yeah. the club. And eventually managers get sacked and players stay where they are and the manager changes. And unfortunately, I think that's the norm now. And that's what will happen if en- enough bad results go against him. But what he is doing right, he's finding ways to defend well and stop conceding goals while he develops. Like Tactic- I did, um, Tactically, I'm very impressed with him, I have to say. Yeah, I, I did a, a few coaching courses when I was younger and I went to America coaching kids for a, a summer. Oh, nice. And one of the things we were told is when you get a new team, it doesn't matter what age level you're doing it, you start working on the defense first because as they're learning, they're going to concede goals. So if you can stop goals going in while the team develops, you'll just buy yourself more time before everybody gets up to speed with your plan. Mm. And in a in a bigger way, that's kind of what Premier League managers are doing, and, and including Arteta. I think he's found a way to win while he's developing, which is great. Yeah. I love watching yeah. it. Yeah. And actually, I just... Stop. Yeah, go ahead, sorry. I was just going to say, I love watching teams that play like that. Um, uh, I mean, it's easy to follow Barcelona because they're so good. Yeah. But I love watching that kind of football. Mm. And if you give me two teams who kick long ball... Uh, 
on a on a, on TV any night of the week. I'd, I'd probably leave it on in the background. But uh, to be honest, I'm not that interested. I I never cared for what was Jose Marino did at no. Chelsea. I I mean, this is a guy who insisted that the ground staff dig up the pitch in Stamford Bridge before Barcelona arrived to try and stop Ronaldinho. Yeah. And Barcelona still beat them. I mean, if yeah. you can get a game cancelled mm. and call that a draw, do you do you go home happy with the point? Yeah I, yeah, I don't, I don't see the point. If you're going to yeah. play it, just play it. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that mentality of like it's definitely a mentality of stopping football as opposed to you know even the Spurs team the way they're playing now. I mean, it's the perfect combination for Arsenal fans to hate Mourinho and Spurs, but the style of football that they're playing now is just that there's no way that those players can be happy with with sitting back and and um then getting a break or or scoring on a mistake there's no creativity in that there's no joy yeah but like we said uh, it it's a results game it's different yes. when you when you're a kid and managers are trying to develop you that's fine let the kid make mistakes yeah you know don't don't bollock the kid for taking a foul throw teach him how to take a throw you know you you always try and encourage their creativity but you can see why at the highest level, when there's millions of euro at stake, a manager will say, I just want results and I don't care how I get them. And yeah. that's what happens. But we also reap the benefit of that from Jack Charlton back in the day, where totally. we got results only. Nothing mm. to watch, only results. And, and it brought and joy to best, people. Yeah, he brought joy to people. And some of our best players, our best footballing players, missed out on being part of the team, like Liam Brady's and all that were kind of given the see you later because they were too football-y like. Yeah. I mean, in a way, it's it's catch-22 because he did get results and he lifted the whole nation and the celebrations two weeks ago of his life were, Mm. you know, they spoke for themselves. But then the other side of that argument is if he was to try and play football with those footballers, it would have had to have started years before it did because yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they hadn't they hadn't competed at that level ever before so he came in and said okay we don't have time we're, we're trying to qualify for the next euros and we're going to try and qualify for the following world cup we don't have time to try and develop the creative midfield part of the game so we're just going to kick it over it so you yeah. ended up with brady and Whelan and Houghton just looking up at the sky for the whole yeah. game watching the ball yeah. What was one of Jack, Jack Jack Charlton's quotes? If the ball is in the air, the, the opposition can't get it. Yeah. <laughs> the, funnily enough, they did get it. Yeah. <laughs> and it came back down again. But that was his tactics. They can't get it if it's up there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, it, it, it worked to an extent, but it was never sustainable. And that's mm. why I think the likes of what Arteta is doing is great, because it is sustainable, and I think they'll reap the benefits of that. Mm. Mm. so speaking of passions for football that is like outside and off the pitch and like unusual um (laughs) unusual passions i remember going into this story with you a while ago probably a couple of years ago on a road trip but you are officially the president of the supporters club of circle bruges in ireland yeah that's right Can yeah. you tell us, for those at Bruges in Belgium, for anyone who doesn't know, what division are Circle Bruges in? Uh, they're in, in, the top, in the top flight. In the top flight, okay. Yeah, yeah. So how does this come about, Ger? How do you end up becoming the just president of the club? Myself and a few mates um, yeah. just kind of blagged our way in. We, we, we were going to a game and... We Why are we decide- going to Circle Bruise game? Let's because, <laughs> because I was I was a teacher uh, back in the day. Right. So it's all coming out. Football coach and teacher. Football coach and teacher, yeah. Um, 
And I, I was traveling regularly with one of my teacher mates who used to teach uh, European studies, which brought adult students to the European Parliament in Brussels. And I was going along with him one of the times going, man, why don't we go to a game while we're here? And um, we bought like football, there's loads of matches over here, you know, let's follow one. And, but at the time, because the English were, um, uh, there was so much hooliganism in England at the time that they had brought in this official card, supporters card that you couldn't buy a ticket unless you were an official fan club. So nice. I was like, well, we're not a fan club, but I have Microsoft Paint. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what year is this? <laughs> like uh, it was 15 years ago and it kind of got out of hand. <laughs> well, like, uh, but I love the team now, you know? <laughs> this yeah, is, yeah. Like, this we, is you fall so you went to see one game with them 15 years ago. Yeah, and, and we retreated so well. We arrived over there. Um, so there was me and my mate and a load of students who we had told, shut up, we'll do the talk and just wear, <laughs> wear this scarf and direct all questions to me. I've learned the team. I've learned the names of the players. So direct all <laughs> questions to me. So we got an official so like Tannoy welcome in the stadium in the hall. And uh, we got shown around the stadium. We were meeting players. And th- I'm telling you, like the team... The whole setup, I don't like using the word club because that's the name of the arch rivals, but the whole setup is is so family-like and there's, there's such respect for everything outside the game as well. And, you know, they, they work a lot with charities and they're in the city of... Right, Rouge, part you of know, the community. They're, they're part of the community and a lot of the fans who would have been in the terrace when I started, some of them are playing for the team now. So they right. grew up supporting the team. They went from the terrace to the pitch and they're playing okay. and uh, they, they're in the top flight and yet they're really sort of family oriented and the treatment we got over there just we, we turned to each other and we were like let's come back here again in a couple of a couple of years and we ended up going probably four times a year for the last wow. 15 years going at like two cup finals and um, every time they, they they get to a playoff we go to that we were relegated there a couple of years ago we were over oh, no. for at the relegation game and I'd watch all the games like on the internet and stuff now as well. So they're actually good friends, part of the club and all that. Yeah. And they come over to Ireland. So I'd get a phone call every now and then to meet some fans who arrive over and I'd show them around Dublin. I brought them to Castle Bar. I did a gig over there actually. Like Bruges doesn't have an English speaking comedy club, but I thought, look, I'll chance it. You never know. I might get a, I might get a few people into it because I was doing a little tour around Europe at the time and I was in Brussels and around Holland and places I thought, look, I've got a few days off. I'll book a venue in Bruges and advertise myself and Brilliant. see what happens. So I sent over a few posters to, the, to some of my mates. They put them up around the stadium. The stadium <laughs> announced it in the match program. <laughs> the place was packed. It sold out. And it was, like, it, was, it was amazing to see that it was all through football. Everything yeah. outside of the 90 minutes, as we said. Yeah. Yeah, it was all through yeah. football and there's some great mates. I, I've got great friends from there and we go over and visit all the time. We go playing five-a-side matches over there. You should come over one of the days. We need I'd a good player. I'd love to. I'd we, love to. We need a player now because we're all getting old and shit. So, so what's all the Irish lads go over? I, honestly, man, put me down. I'd love to go over to play. I love Brilliant. that stuff. Uh, as soon as it's back, like we've, we've, we had flights booked for the playoffs there um, just before lockdown. Yes, uh, we were going to go in March, um, but we're going to go again. Like the first few games are going to be behind closed doors when they're back, mm-hmm. but we're going to go over again before the end of this year. So definitely come over. Oh, totally! I'd love to. That's it's kind prob- of 
stuff that I that's the kind of stuff that I love and even like especially when we get to RAs it's just having those games of football that are just right I used to love playing five side in a in a place in London that was underneath an underground track do you know what I mean it's just like just yeah. to say that I played there do you know what I mean like I love doing all those little types of things just uh, to play the game we went and, over and we played so there's a five side tournament for fans uh, every uh, July and then we'd often arrange an 11 aside with Irish fans versus uh, Belgian right. fans and they'd give us the the, the the team's training pitch and they'd give us the shirts <laughs> and the whole lot so you're there wearing like you know the proper circle bruise kit yeah yeah uh, seriously though like you should come you should definitely I'd come totally, to this I'd, I'd love to that would just be it's about 10 of us I'd love- every time and I've always wanted to go to Bruges. Obviously, after the movie, everyone wants to go and check it out as a city as well. So They were filming the movie when we were over there one time. So we were there a few years before the movie was filmed. And it was a very different city because you, you didn't have half as many tourists. People didn't know that the place existed. So it was a, a sleepy enough town. Um, mm. And it, it was amazing. It looks beautiful. But then they filmed the movie over there and now it's packed. People go there for weekends all the time. Yeah. Um, but while, while we were over there at a match... They were filming in Bruges and they had the rap party uh, for the filming of it. But it was also a welcome party for the new Bruges right back, who was called Tony Kane. He was from Ireland. Right. So oh. Bruges have had a few Irish players in the past. And no way. This was one of them. Yeah, Dominic Foley played for them, the lad from uh, Cork. He used to play for, Yeah. Uh, I think he played for Lisbon and maybe even no Wolves or somebody in England. Right. But he played for Bruges as well. And there was this lad called Tony Kane playing right back. And it was a welcome party for him, stroke, rap party for the movie in Bruges. So all the lads were going to be there, Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell and all that. But I, you know, wanted to meet Tony Kane, obviously. And uh, (laughs) I walk into this pub and one of my mates is talking to Colin Farrell. And he calls me over. He's like, Jerry, Jerry, come over here and meet Colin. I call him, this is Jerry. And I'm like, all right, Colin, how's it going? Anywhere, <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's down there on the left. I was like, right, Sam, we'll talk to you I've later. Seen Tony, see you, Carl. <laughs> Have you seen Tony Kane? He's like, who the fuck is Tony Kane? <laughs> oh, that's so. But what are the chances, even of those amount of Irish people being in a city in Belgium for such a party? A combination of like, that's crazy. It was brilliant. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So they, and everyone knew about everyone. So Conor Farr was like, oh, I hear you do this supporters club thing. What's that all about? And I'm like. Colin, don't fucking blow this for us. Like, yeah, we've yeah, come, yeah. We've, you're not coming in f- now. We'll have everyone with Tom, Dick, and Harry trying to join. <laughs> yeah, so there's photographs somewhere of Colin Farrell wearing all the Circle Bruges gear because we oh my dressed God, him up that's for, so good. For, for, for pics. Yeah, that's so good. Listen, man, it's been absolutely what stories. There's like real, the real beauty of the game off the pitch, man. I really appreciate it. Not at all. Cheers for having me on. Not at all. And um, yeah, we'll definitely have you on soon for more Circle Brew stories. Thanks so much, Jer. Good stuff. Cheers, Steve. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.